Hello and welcome to We March On with Steve and Tom, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure to follow us on all your social media platforms at We March On Pod. And also a special thank you once again to the fabulous Saints Brass for our intro and outro theme music. Tom, what an absolute pleasure to see your face again. It never gets old. Does it? It does. Every day it gets older. Not to, uh, not to me. Want... Not to me, no. it doesn't. You will always stay youthful. Oh, well, thanks, me. Uh, I really appreciate that. You're very... Um, I, could, I, I know I'm jumping ahead to episode five and I can't believe we've got to episode <laughs> four. But can I start the intro? I, I've been building up. I was even practicing today oh, to say want... it all. Because okay, it's quite right. a mouthful, isn't it? If, some, if people are new to this podcast then, you know, you, I'm just saying it, it's a lot to take on board. So WMO is a lot easier, isn't it? Do you want to give it a practice run now? No, no, I am what, not. Hold, I on, am... No, hold on, we don't do it now. People can then, and what we could do is if people have heard my intro to this week's podcast, you can do one now and then we'll just ask people who did it better. And then next week you can do it if no, they vote I, for I, you. I feel like Romain Perot, I haven't got enough minutes under the belt. Uh, <laughs> I just... I just don't feel I'm ready for this. Um, okay. <clears throat> right. right. Okay. Right. I'll count you in. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, guys. What's happening? Tom Deacon here alongside Steve Forbes. Welcome to the unofficial Southampton FC podcast in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. Sure, it's a mouthful, but WMO is a lot easier. Did we mention in previous episodes that we're also on social media at We March On Pod? Welcome to episode four. Yeah, okay. Right. I liked it, Tom. I liked it, Tom. I would give you a 7.5 purely because you didn't actually say the name of the podcast when you introed. Ah, did I not? What did I just... I just went straight in. You just said, welcome to the unofficial Southampton FC podcast with Believe. You didn't actually say, welcome to We March On with Steve and Tom, which is the title. So if people want to search for the podcast, be like... I can't find the unofficial Southampton FC podcast. Steve, I wasn't ready for this. Just like Mm. Southampton's team itself, we're just not ready yet. But I'm confident that the next match, i.e. next episode, I've got this. Steve, it is lovely to see your face. That's how you started this podcast. I'm excited. (laughs) Have you done anything since I last saw you? Um, I've worked a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was getting really into the Arsenal documentary, oh. the Amazon Prime one, All or Nothing. Um, some of the players and even Mikel Arteta, I think they come across really well. Some don't, yeah. But I, I've I've really enjoyed the um the series so far. I think I've got maybe one episode to go. Uh, I've not really binged it. Yeah, I, I um, I because when we came around to do our last podcast together, we did it in person, and it was different gravy, and I loved it. And there's much to learn from that, and we look forward to doing another one in person together. But I watched because you were watching it, and I went away, got up to date with it. Uh, Al was out, mate. I mean, I know this from last season, but it feels like I'm reliving it again. I'm like, he's a naughty yeah. boy. He's broken the rules. Out he goes. But what I love about it is is Mikko Arteta talking about um, you have to have that hunger, that desire, that passion. And then I was thinking about our Southampton beloved team, thinking which players show that hunger, desire, passion week in, week out? Do you reckon they would do an all or nothing Southampton? They should do. They should do. But um, I was going to say this. I, I noticed a tweet from Mark Goldridge uh, comparing Man United <laughs> to Southampton. Ah, uh, yeah. So the the United podcaster, social media influencer, 
um, Mark Goldbridge. Yeah, I saw that as well. I think I retweeted it. I thought it was slightly harsh, basically saying that obviously Manchester United have had a torrid uh, summer transfer window and comparing the club to basically being dragged down to the pits of Southampton over the last under the Glazers tenure. This is slightly harsh. Very harsh. Ronaldo and Garner, full stop. Pogba, Cavani, Lingard, Matic, let go and not replace. United have become a selling club this summer, full stop. Glazers took us from one of Europe's elite to Southampton. Mark Goldridge, do one. Absolutely. Yeah. Do, and I, I understand the point he's making in the sense that Southampton are a buying and selling club. But Mark, just do one. He's not coming on this mm. podcast. Nah, we can't have him. We can't have him at all. Um, but in terms of an actual Southampton all or nothing series, it would be interesting. Who who do you reckon they would focus on? What kind of things have, have we noticed over the last year or so that they could have actually, you know, dug deeper into? I'm not too sure, Tom. I um maybe I mean players getting injured coming back uh, JWP what's his training regime how does he not miss any minutes uh that focus he's they'll obviously do a whole whole episode of watching JWP with set pieces surely that that would be mm. like going a montage yeah um, yeah and um and a good look around the south coast. <laughs> <laughs> an historical tour yeah and and obviously uh an abundance of got like che adams like my, I, I think i think it would be good it'd be well worth watching but i think i think with arsenal being as big as they were and i'm not saying they're mm. not big now but that look of how they're finding their feet again um it would be a good point if Ralph does go at any point in the future. That would be the the point where all or nothing would come in and go. How does Southampton redefine themselves, etc.? I mean, based on Mark Goldbridge's tweet, it wouldn't be an Amazon Prime documentary. It wouldn't even be Netflix. What would what would we even get on? Wish dot com. Dave, it'd be a Dave documentary. It's an ITV <laughs> nothing or nothing. The Southampton documentary only on Dave Plus. Uh, this glass isn't even half full. Um, it's got nothing <laughs> in it. Um, but no, uh, it, it's good. Also, uh, this week, because I went to um, Belfast uh, and I went to do the Belfast Empire, which is an amazing comedy show that's been running for 30 years. I picked up, I'm showing you, uh, but to everyone else, a world soccer, global football since 1960, because apparently football didn't exist before that. Um, and they say for this season, prediction, Currently, only Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola have managed in the Premier League longer than Ralph Hasenhüttl. And he's wow. never finished higher than 11th place. A slow start could see the Austrian become the season's first managerial casualty. And I would like to point out, Steve, after our mm. first home game of the season, Leeds United were very quick to know up to start saying, you're going to get sacked in the morning. And he hasn't been. So do one, Leeds. Yeah. What did you, what did you make of Belfast? I take it you've been there before. Uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, Did you do the Titanic Museum? Not enough time. I had jokes right. to do, and that would have made me sad. Uh, and as the Irish uh, say over there, it was fine when it left here. Um, so, um, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it, I love Belfast. I think it's a, it's a great place. Um, yeah, history is just entwined with it. Beautiful place. And they know how to drink. And um, it was a lot of fun. So I, I'm now sober. I, mean, I think I'm actually sweating uh, quite a lot. I think that's just excess that my body doesn't need. You don't need this, Gillies, yeah. Tom. Out of your pores, <laughs> it goes. Right. Well, Tom, as you've said, Leeds were the last team that we played for the first match at St. Mary's. Shall we get into the main crux of this podcast, Tom? I would love to. 
Right, well, Tom, as you did allude to, Leeds were the visitors to Southampton for the first home match of the Premier League season at St Mary's. And it was a thrilling affair in the second half. Um, Southampton coming from two goals down to level. Loads going on at that game. I was working, I was there. But what did you make of it from what you saw? In a nutshell, Steve, because I know there's lots to to chat about this. Uh, I thought the last 20 minutes slash 25 were brilliant. Well worth watching from a Southampton point of view. Um, and that's brilliant if you compare that to the first 20 minutes that we played at uh, Tottenham. So I feel mm. like soon we'll be able to make, if we had another five minutes of really good football, we'll have half uh, a, a match full of half fo- of excellent football. Of excellent football. No, um, it, in a nutshell, I think it's 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 everyone was debating whether there'd been a you know a falling out in the dressing room and a rift with the players and did they want to play for Ralph? Well, the last twenty minutes um, and that vital drinks break in all that heat uh, meant that we actually looked like a really really decent mm. team that just went for it. You know, no caution to the wind, just just went for it, attacking football and paid off. We got a point and that that. It's a start, and I and I like to see that. Yeah, definitely. It was a roasting day down there at St Mary's. It was so hot. I mean, we were sweating doing the last podcast last week in this room, but my gosh, it was another level uh, at St Mary's. So warm. I would have hated to have been out on that pitch, but it kind of changed when Ralph reverted to the old formation. Mm. So we saw against Spurs in play this kind of 3-5-2 or 5-3-2, however you want, you want to say it, with the three central defenders and two wing-backs. It wasn't working. Leeds went 2-0 up. 30 seconds into the second half, they scored their first. And a couple of moments later, got another. And it really was looking drab. Um, The Leeds fans singing, you're sacked in the morning. I've got to be honest, Tom. When I was looking around when I heard that being sung, I actually thought it was the Saints fans singing that. And uh, I saw fingers being pointed. My eyesight isn't the best, right? But my ears are pretty good. And I swear that song was coming from more areas in the ground than just the away section. Um, the mood was was awful at 2-0 down because the first half was so boring. Like It just was so uninspired. Um, it picked up in the second. And I think we, what we saw is, and Ralph even commented after when he was asked about, asked about the change of formation, is going back to a 4-2-2-2, which has been ingrained into his side, for the last, how, how long has he been managing Saints? Three or four years? Yeah. Now three years? Uh, it well, works. Four seasons, but yeah, yeah. It, 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 it works. So why not start with that? Ever smacked you in the face more that not to change the formation that's worked and has been so successful through large portions of Premier League seasons gone by for Ralph, then that was it. So it wouldn't surprise me if this is just a formation now. It would surprise me if against Leicester, away he then goes back to five at the back um because it's trying to you know get a get a result away from home but or even then against the next couple of games against united and chelsea but he has to stick to this now and maybe that will be to the detriment of some players he's brought in because playing those three in the middle having Romeo playing slightly further forward lavia as a as a holding midfielder and obviously james will prowse he's he's the first name on the team sheet Who's going to drop out if you just have two central midfielders? Which one of the attackers is going to drop out when you need to have a winger on? So, or, or an attacking midfielder on? So it, it will pose more questions in terms of, did he recruit around a new formation? But that new formation isn't working. So we saw with 20 minutes to go, how 
how hard Southampton work and how high they press and how fast the play is with that 4-2-2-2. And I thought it was excellent when they changed it to that. And I think given another five or 10 minutes in that game, Southampton would have probably won. I just want everyone to know, listening, uh, one of the things that we came up with with this podcast, Steve and I, we sat and we were like, listen, what we don't want to happen is to ever start <laughs> talking about formations. That's something we don't want to do, right? But unfortunately, that's all you can talk about with Southampton at the moment. Is it the 4-2-2 or is it the 5-3-2? And I, I, I agree with you. Uh, it's such a big change in the game. Massively. Top. I think that's why it's so significant because as soon as that happened, it, it, the game flipped and Southampton were the dominant side. Yeah. And like I said, probably would have gone on to win it had there been a bit more time on the clock. The only problem is, as we saw last season, with all that early press and the start of last year, uh, with that four, two, 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 I feel like a bingo caller, um, is basically that they just peaked. They couldn't sustain it for the whole season. So I think mm. Ralph has to choose when to do the five, three, two, look rubbish and poor, and look like the away team playing at home, uh, like they did at Leeds lose a couple of goals and then he'll go, all right, guys, you got enough in the tank? Let's go 4-2-2. Like, let's just do it. Um, but so, Like a nitrous oxide boost. Yeah, like just, yeah, push the pass. Here it is. Let's go. Um, it, it's really fascinating that what's going to happen against Leicester because, uh, first of all, the players, when Arebo came on, Adam Armstrong playing out wide uh, and, 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 and the source, as I like to call him, uh, good old BK, came on. You're like, oh, okay, just, just we have to play the players that they've bought in the summer. Let's just start them. They look better. It's great when you've got a striker up front. It seems to work. What a pass, uh, Mara. Uh, he's top quality. That ball, he needs to start. So why not just start them against Leicester and just just take the 5-3-2, just put it away because we need some points on the board. And I think that's the bigger problem yeah. is essentially... Are we planning for the future or are we just trying to get by at the moment? And, and if, if Ralph honestly, honestly thinks that the 5-3-2 is the future, then we've got to sit with it. Um, but but if he if, if the 4-2-2-2 is the future, then it's a tough one because that, that seems to get results for us. Yeah, definitely. Well, you say about Mara coming on, having that amazing pass. He's one of the new recruits. Well, some players still might be leaving the South Coast this window. There's what, just over two weeks left? of the transfer window to go. Um, Nathan Tellers mm. joined Burnley. Um, there's a couple of other players that have gone out that have escaped my memory at the moment, um, younger players. And then there is also potential of, of, of more. Jack Stevens linked with Watford. Jan Bednarek, could he be going? Probably Leicester. Um, Ralph wants more signings. He said that, that we're linked with a couple of other players. Do you, what do you see happening really, Tom, in these next couple of weeks? I, I think there's a lot of uh, speculation about players coming in, like uh, James Garner from United. Uh, you even said it. You were like, do we need more central midfielders? No. I mean, Lavia looked fantastic at the weekend. Again, proving he's quality. Mm. Uh, but then again, you could say, actually, if you've got more quality coming in, then you're never like, oh, do we need another midfielder? No, we don't want any more quality. You'll, you'll take whatever you can get. Yeah. Uh, the same with yeah. Liam Delap comes in and hopefully Che Adams doesn't leave. Well, Liam Delap has actually, as far as I've read, uh, had a medical at Stoke. Hmm. So I think that one's a no-go at all. Oh, mate. Well, he, the reason is because he wants to play with Will Smallbone. That's what's happened. He wants to play uh, for Southampton in a, in, a, in a way, lining him up ready for next season. Um, uh, yeah, it, I, I, I don't know, really. I Honestly, as, as a Saints fan, looking at it, uh, we need to get shift some some players because 
that would just be better for the squad. Um, is Elanusi going? I mean, any one of those players, even McCarthy in goal, I think if they get the right offer, they'll offload someone and then we'll be... You know what I read about McCarthy? What did you read about him? Linked with Man United. No. To be their number two. Most people listening to this may or may not know it because it's probably just friends and family. But I'm I'm not a Southampton fan. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't ha- even know this, mate. I think we have to reveal the truth on this on this podcast, Tom, today. We're four in. Work for Southampton. Work for Southampton. Support Southampton. I feel like I am a inherited Southampton fan now, an adopted Southampton fan. I, I genuinely do care about, about the club. Um, and as we've spoken about when we introduced ourselves on the first episode, um, my capacity at St. Mary's is as an employee. Ooh, okay. um, but I'm actually a long time suffering. Well, it was great for a while. Man United fan. It's out there. Rip the plaster off, Tom. I was just listening to the the response there, the gasps up and down the country there as people find out your real colours are red, which I'll accept because Southampton are red. But that's well, I, I feel sorry for you, mate, because no point. Should so I not have said that? Should I not have? Should I not have revealed that? I feel like you should have done because that's the dynamic of this podcast. Right. Uh, you've you've taken on board Southampton. You love Southampton. They employ you. I live in Southampton. Steve, you live in Southampton. You are Southampton. The fact that you support a, a, a lesser side right now <laughs> is actually, it's just great. It's great to hear. Well, this is what I was going to go on to is people who, like you had mentioned in that tweet at the top of the top of the episode, Tom from, from Mark Goldbridge and, and Southampton fans, feeling despondent about situations at the club, what's happening, are we getting the right players in, who's leaving, etc. Look North. That is a shambles of a football club, if I've ever seen one at the moment. It is an absolute travesty what has happened up there. The, the scattergun approach to the transfer window, and this is no disrespect to Alex McCarthy, but why are Manchester United looking at him as, a, as an option for number two after letting Dean Henderson go? Um James Garner potentially coming to Southampton. Why are they not playing him? He's actually a youth product. And and as we both know, Southampton are a fantastic side of bringing through young talent and putting them into the team. United are a club who basically have a crumbling midfield and are trying to resolve it by just going out and trying to go, oh, we'll get in Adrian Rabio. Oh no, he wants 500 grand a week. We can't get him. We're going to go get Casemiro. What? The five times Champions League winner from Real Madrid, who's not leaving, will try and get him. Like, why are they trying to get rid of some of the young players that want to play for the club and try and bring in sort of more expensive talent? And that's what's great about Southampton is that they don't they won't do that. And the model is completely different. They're looking at young talent that they can bring in, harness, um, and then hopefully get. A, a bigger sell-on fee, reinvest that back into the club. So when I see a lot of people on Twitter getting really down about Southampton, like, oh God, the state of this club, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like it really is. Honestly, stop moaning. Clip that up. That is the clip of the week from uh, Steve. I love it, mate. I, I actually saw someone talking about the wages of Man United and even took a little screenshot on my phone. That's how I take my notes these days. Uh, De Gea apparently is on 375,000. Ronaldo's on half a mil. Jaden Sancho, 350,000. Varane, 340,000. And then you look at McCarthy's reportedly on about 50k a week. <laughs> and you're like, and Southampton are like, we need to get this big time earner off the books. It's, it's, <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? But again, 
it's two games in. What what do you expect? So when us Southampton fans look at this and go, we've got a point out of two games, you know, it's caving in, Ralph out, that small brigade is only going to get bigger. Yeah? Guess what? Exactly. They're not bottom. You know who is bottom? That's, Man United. That's, mate, that's awful. But, yeah, I, I was in the green room in Belfast uh, with a Liverpool fan, a United fan and a West Ham fan. And I looked around and went, well, look at that. Only one of us, we've only got a point. Liverpool have got two. The Liverpool fan, smug, he, he was just like, yeah, we've got two points. It was. It, it's just, it's two games in. <laughs> Let's not overreact. Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. Can't and jump the gun. The, the big early. issue is for, for Ralph and this whole formation thing and for United as well is it's two games in. At the end of the season, we need to make sure we avoid relegation. Are Southampton pushing towards Europe? Unlikely. Are we going to start playing good f- football? You know, you have to make those decisions. What, what are we going to do? But at the end of the season, if you were to say, I couldn't care less about formation. I just want to know that we have got a better chance of not getting relegated and, and picking up some points. Let's look forward to Cambridge, batter them, and then on we move. <laughs> Uh, Steve, while we're on the subject of talking about players coming and going, and I know there's about two weeks left of that transfer window, it occurred to me the other day, if Mm. there was any player to leave right now, which one would hurt Southampton the most? And also, I'm going to pose the question to you, out of the players that Southampton have, which one would you be most okay about leaving? That doesn't mean you don't like the player. It's just the one that you would be okay with leaving. Because I've got my answer. I am more than happy for McCarthy to go to United. (laughs) Because we've got too many keepers. We've got Big Willie on the bench, and that's not a phrase I often use. So uh, the question is, which player would hurt us the most and which player would you be okay with leaving? So I think a lot of Saints fans would say Ward-Prowse would be the player that if he went would hurt us the most. Mr. Southampton, club captain, contributes a huge amount on the field and goals, set pieces, all that sort of stuff. My answer would be Kyle Walker-Peters. Great shout. I think... KWP over JWP um, as the big as who I would see is the biggest loss because he has such tenacity, versatility, and as we saw at the weekend, can score a goal. It never stops running. Now, I we spoke about other play, other teams hovering around players going, oh, who do you want? Who do you want? Who do you want? Man United will go back to that as just because they're trying to basically fill almost every position in their team. They they don't want Aaron Wambasaka. They're playing Diogo Dallo. They're looking for another right back. Just yesterday on TalkSport, they were talking about um, Serginio Dest, the Barcelona right back, being linked with a move to United. Carl Walker-Peters is one of the finest right backs in the league. And at 25 years old, I think he is, 24, 25, has the ability to improve on that as well. He's not even at his peak and plays on the left, plays on the right, can play proper fullback, can play wing back. Um, You could even pop him on the wing if you were short and he could play play as a a forward. Hey, Kyle, Kyle, Um, I've got an idea. Can you just pop on the wing, lad? Go on, Kyle, just (laughs) pop off wing. Imagine if if Ralph spoke like that and it was all this, you know, it's Ralph, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he's just like, go on, Kyle, pop on wing. Sorry, mate. (laughs) <laughs> but that's that's who I think would be the biggest loss mm. if we if if another club 
it, it hopefully won't happen. I don't think it will happen. But if another club tried to come in and prize KWP away, I think that would be a, a huge loss. It would take a monumental amount of money. Mm. I think you're talking 40, 50 plus million minimum for, for Carl Walker Peters. And because it's Carl Walker Peters, maybe he doesn't have that, what would you call it, that star kind of, that je ne sais quoi. I'm trying to think of another word that wasn't je ne sais quoi, but, or another term of phrase, Tom. But because he's not a Barcelona player or because he's not from uh, another one of Europe's elite and it's Southampton, might not be looked at in the same way, but I think he's an exceptional, exceptional fullback slash wingback. Um, would do most of the top four teams proud, in my opinion. Um, player I would be most happy to see go, not from a personal perspective, but I think that Southampton could could still recover from from losing. Oh, this is a tough one, and I hadn't really thought about it. Um, I would probably go with Jack Stevens. Okay. Well, that's probably going to happen. Mate. It's, it sounds harsh as well, because I do think when he comes on, he does a job. Yeah. And it's kind of like no frills, but and like he, he he just comes on and, you know, he just puts in a good performance. But they're already strengthening at centre-back. You've got Salisu, they've got Bella Kotchap, Jan Bednarek, he might not go. So Jack Stevens is kind of the odd one out there that you could miss if he was to go. Yeah, um, It makes sense, though. I mean, because the Premier League is such a jump. It's like when Ghana at Man United was at Forest last year in the Championship and, and helped them to get promotion but he's not proved it in the Premier League. We didn't know that Lavia was going to be putting in two fantastic performances because he never played in the Premier League. Same with Arebo. He looks really good. And and, and that's your situation with, with Jack Stevens. He's he, He's been our centre-back for quite a while. And and if you're buying better quality players, then, you know, make make way. So, But I do love Jack's uh, passion, hunger, like I mentioned about the All or Nothing series with Arsenal. I, I, you'll never get Jack Stevens... And he might not have the quality, but he always puts his heart on his sleeve and plays for Southampton. So for, for me, he's one of those people that we, we can't lose too many of those types of player that want to be at Southampton, it would appear. Like Romeo, for me, if he was to go, I totally get your point with JWP and KWP. But Romeo just, he just doesn't give up. He's, he's such a likable character and, and just mm. doesn't stop running about for Southampton. So I feel like you need a full amount of quality. You also need... Uh, players that just will just give 110%. They'll give everything on that pitch because the talented ones, if they only give 50%, you may as well have someone who's not as talented, but just doesn't give up. That's a really good point as well, because it's also the presence within the dressing room as well mm. and on the training ground and what they bring to the squad as a whole, not just how good they are. So it's a really good point. I think Ori is... Yeah. A fantastic character. We actually had him on saints live once as well. Now, how many times would you say that a Southampton player would come on Saints Live? It's happened. We've had ex-Southampton players, but I think Oriol Romeo is the only current player to have come on. Didn't have to no, do it. What a lad. Was happy to do what it. A lad. Didn't didn't wasn't like, oh, you've only got 20 minutes with me. Hurry up. Let's get this moving. He was more than happy to chat off air as well. Um, yeah, I think he's a fantastic character. And yeah, I think you've made a really good point. If he went, it would also be of detriment to the club. Which is why when people are talking about Romeo right now and saying, I don't mind if he's, if he wants to go back to Spain, it is hard as a football fan because you're like, well, can we replace him? 
but I also know that the service he's given the club, and yes, he's been paid very well for the job, but at the same time, a lot of players get paid and don't put the same effort that Oreo Romeo puts in. Um, and I'd be very sad to, to lose the cookie, the Oreo. Steve, let's talk about Southampton's third game of the season, and that is against the Mighty Foxes, those rodents that steal things from people's bins. We are going away uh, to Leicester. Um, what are your thoughts ahead of this week's game? I don't think it's going to be an easy one uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Leicester are a team we've not had the best of starts to the season. Um, as memory serves, they threw away a two-goal lead against Brentford. Or do they come back mm. from two goals down? No, they yeah, threw they, away the lead, didn't they? It, Draw 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, finished 2 all. Um, And then obviously they got whooped by Arsenal, really. Um, although if, although they scored two goals, I think that um, Arsenal very much dominated that game. They've not signed really anyone in this window. Um, I think they brought a goalkeeper in um, after Schmeichel left, but he's I think he's a backup goalkeeper. Still loads of murmurs around players that could be going for Fana, Tielemans, even Jamie Vardy's linked with United out of the millions of players who could potentially go in there over the age of 30. Um, so it's probably a really good time to play Leicester, in, in my yeah. opinion, especially away. I think that they'll be really focused on keeping some of their big talent and bringing in new faces and some of that talent, let's take Fafana, for example, obviously he's probably, obviously probably, he's probably a consummate professional. But as far as I've read, his head has been turned and he wants to move to Chelsea. So... Sounds like he's on Love Island. Uh, yeah, that's... that's. I, I don't watch Love Island. I was going to try and make some sort of analogy or comment, but I don't watch it, so I've got no idea. Um I've just got a text, mate. I've just got a text. That's a, that would be a quote. Uh, Vestergaard, Ryan Bertrand, they're still at Leicester. They moved from Southampton to Leicester. It'll be a return of of those. Well, he was a giant, actually, mm, Vestergaard. Massive. From the tunnel, wasn't he? Huge. Uh, Had to sit next to him out. once doing an interview at the Player Awards. Yeah, so, um, well, yeah, I was interviewing him at the Player Awards pre-COVID. And my gosh. I have never felt dwarfed so much by anyone in my life. The guy was absolutely massive. Um, yeah. Like, even sat down. I still had to, like, really look up to interview him and, like, had my arm at full extension with the mic. Um, yeah, That's nuts. Brilliant. Massive guy. Um, yeah. yeah, that was really all I'd say on that. <laughs> Mate, well, you've given us a beautiful image. Uh, last time out, Southampton lost 4-1. That was the last game of the season, coming off the back of a pretty atrocious run of form for Southampton. 4-1 uh, flattered Leicester, but at the same time, season was over. JWP penalty. That's really it. For me, this is the best, as you say, the best time to play Leicester. And I'm hoping, hoping Southampton can pick up a result. And also the fact that Brendan Rodgers is very much like Ralph and the whole Southampton ethos about getting young players, signing them to big contracts mm. and then loaning them out. That seems to be the Leicester way as well. Uh, although it's sort of when you buy someone like Ryan Bertrand, you're a bit like, well, hang on a minute. You're, you're signing quite a, an older player in the schemes of football. So um, 
I, I think, like you said, they haven't really signed that many players, but Brendan obviously likes the squads and the youngsters he's got. Yeah. So this will be this this will be a good test to see if Southampton turn up like they did in the last twenty minutes against Leeds and don't just think that they're going to hold on to a draw or try and keep that clean sheet. Have to go for it. And if you think that Leicester aren't going to score against Southampton. You've got another thing coming. There's goals in this one. Well, yeah, there certainly will be goals. I think the Southampton will want to keep that momentum going into the match. And away fans, travelling fans from the South Coast up to the Midlands will probably have to deal with listening to songs about how many goals Leicester may score against the Saints. Mm, I don't know what you mean, mate. I don't know what you're referring to. Uh, if anyone is new to the podcast, new to supporting no, 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 the Southampton FC, there is a certain scoreline uh, from 2019 oh, that we we it. can't mention. We shouldn't mention. Yeah. No, I genuinely thought it was a joke when you messaged me uh, saying that you were working that day and I was in Vancouver, which is in Canada. Uh, <laughs> I I did not believe. I thought this is a wind up. Someone mm. superimposed the scoreline on. It's not important. Don't worry about it because it didn't happen at that stadium. So we're going to be do you, fine. Do you know the worst at, thing is it was oh October 2019. Now, when I worked for the club at that period in time, I just did pitch side presenting. So it was just doing pre and post game. You were alongside me for most of them as well, other than clearly that one when you'd gone off to Canada. Um, Canada. Canada. And for that particular match, there was a run of matches where I had to fill in as PA announcer. And I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, that Leicester one was the first one I had to do. Wow. And it was it, it was hard to keep announcing the goals and try and keep it at that kind of right tone where people aren't going to riot because I was yeah. somewhat laughing. It was It became comical at just how bad yeah. it was. Um, and you, you're trying to announce one after the other after the other. Seventh goal scorer for Leicester, number whatever. Ma, 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 ma. And you're like, you have to keep it at a certain tone. And it was really tough to do that. Um, yeah. Oh, well, boo-hoo you, Steve. Bertrand, getting sending off. That was the turning point. Yeah. That was the turning point. That's enough, but listen, that's enough for I that think- one, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's going to be great, mate. I think I've, you've got to be positive about this. And if they play anything like they did in those last 20 minutes, we are going to be all right. We certainly will be. Right, Tom, it is about that time for this week's Saints trivia. Not the way to live it that this week. I like that, mate. You've, you have been practicing. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should have more of a, a a song, a theme song leading up to the trivia question. Um, and at the moment, we don't have a sponsor to provide one for us. Um, this would be the part of the show where we would lead into a break, have an advertisement, someone who would provide us with enough to cover our gas and electric for the rest of the week. Um, but at the moment, we, we don't have it. Um, but we do have a question. We do have a question. Uh, by the way, Red Funnel Ferries, if you're listening. Thank you. Uh, you know what to do. Uh, we'll happily get a jingle uh, for this show and, and advertise you a bit more. Um, right. The question is, because it's the 18th of August, Stephen Forbes and everybody listening, I've decided to go back way, way back to 2018. Southampton played Everton away on this very day back in 2018. They lost 2-1. I'd like to know which two ex-Saints players got the assists for Everton. Which two ex-Saints players got the assist for Everton? 
Enjoy your break. And when we come back, you'll hear the answer. Sains trivia. Oh, sorry. I, yeah, I, I killed yeah, it. One more right. time. Here we go. Sains trivia. That wasn't as good. Ooh. That wasn't as good yeah, as the first it was, one. It, it sounded like a, you know, like in a horror film when it's just going to go bad. It was, it, all the notes were, they weren't playful, melodic. They were just like, oh, something tense is going to happen. Uh, any guesses, Steve, from you? Two ex-Southampton players playing for Everton to have got assists uh, in 2018. Um, I can give you a clue on one of them. Uh, you have to go way, way, way back for him to be playing at Southampton. See, and then ended a, couple, up at a couple come to mind. Right. And first one, uh, I'm sure it was a direct transfer. And it, I'm pretty sure it was the players that would have gone would have been the Cumin players. So well, he okay. left Southampton okay. to go to Everton. And um, did he take Cuco Martina with him? Uh, no. No, I, th- I, th- I think he I th- he did go there, didn't he, Cuco Martin? Yeah, he did but, go to uh... Everton. So that was that was my first guess, and then I thought there was another player who went to Everton via Manchester from Southampton, Uh-oh. and that was Morgan Schneiderlin. Um, and I'm pretty sure he was playing for Everton at that period of time as well. I'm pretty sure he went to South. He went from Southampton to United in 2015, stayed for two, two and a half, maybe three seasons, and then went to Everton, which would be about 2018. So Morgan Schneidlin and Morgan Schneidlin and Cuco Martina are my guesses. Well, Steve Forbes, I can tell you, you've got one point. Ah. Yes. On July 17th, 2017, following his release from Southampton, Martina did join Everton. However, he wasn't the assist. Uh, it was also the goal scorer that day in the 2-1. Danny Ings scored for Southampton. A little name called Theo Walcott oh, scored for Everton but also set up the goal. So um, interesting that, and that was on this day back in 2018. That was your... That's a little bit of a red herring, that, because you said ex-saint and I ju- and Wil- Walcott's a current saint. I know he's an ex-saint, then to, then to Arsenal, then to Everton, now back to Southampton. But when you say ex-saint, I'm not thinking of players that currently play for Southampton. Nor should you, mate. Uh, all right, grammatically... Uh, I should have said, at the time, two ex-Saints players. I do apologize. Can we go back in time? We can't now. It's done. No, I, I can't. It's done it, now. Future questions, I will be more accurate. Uh, it was tricky, People though. will be seething at home. They'll be like, it, that was not correct. He, he misled me on that one. I did a little bit. I do apologize. However... So who was it? It was Walcott and Schneidlin, was it? That is correct. Now, Good. Steve, moving on. We need to talk about Cambridge United because the Carabao Cup happened since we last recorded a podcast and we discussed it would be good run for the players, get a win under their belt, maybe try out some of the players who haven't had the minutes. Carabao Cup, Cambridge United, this isn't going to be an easy match. They beat Newcastle last year. They're giant killers. We need to go out for the the strongest side we have uh, next week. We have to. Serious? Against Cambridge? Strongest side we have? Mate. With Manchester United coming up on the following game on the Saturday. Strongest side. <laughs> I'm not backing You're down. You're an idiot. No, I'm not backing you down. You are an idiot. Wow. It's taken four episodes and you've called me an idiot. I feel like <laughs> we have to put out the strongest side within reason to get a result. It's Cambridge. I know we talked about, we talked about on the last episode before the draw was made, 
what we think. Would we want a Premier League team um, because we're more used to playing them and kind of wouldn't get embarrassed potentially by a lower lower division club? But it's Cambridge. Like, I think that Southampton can afford to put out a second string squad and still beat them. Okay. No. That's my that's my opinion. I, think I don't have... think I mean where came what Cambridge? League two? Yeah, look, listen. League one. What I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is the fact that I'm just saying we need to just show force and just go there and batter them. Yes, they they lost uh to Portsmouth four one. Look, ignore that fact. I just feel like we have to go out there and beat them by at least five one to be better than Pompey. That's what I'm saying. Uh yeah. League One they are Let's just go out with the strongest side, give our goals, you know, our strikers an opportunity to bang some goals in and get that confidence and then worry about United because United are there for the taking. Yeah, yeah he's had a may probably put a second string sign out against them. <laughs> um, but it'll be, you know, Cambridge ain't too far. People wanting to go to an away game. Brilliant. It'd be pretty good, I suppose, as well. Second round of the Carabao Cup. Tickets probably cheap as well. Um, I've never been to Cambridge's ground. So I know we talked about our favourite away grounds for food and atmosphere and stuff. Um, but what's been your favourite ever away day oh. where you've, and it might not even be a Southampton one, where you just, where you've been an away fan at a ground, what's been your, your favourite oh, one? Oh, I thought you said my favourite away day. I was going to say Bista Shopping Centre. Uh, great day out. <laughs> uh, I will say this because it, 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 Jogs my memory because uh, I just mentioned that team that we're not supposed to mention. Uh, actually, no one cares because they're, they're an awful side. Uh, Portsmouth, Carabao Cup. We're talking cup game. 4-0. What a night out. Being in that number, um, it was remarkable. Two goals from Danny mm. Ings, a Redmond, a Cedric Suarez uh, goal. It was like we weren't in a good run of form, needed to get a win. And the fact that we could lose to Pompey, it would just it would have just killed us. But we didn't. 4-0, brilliant night. Uh, we'll never forget that. Never forget it. It was really good. I remember, I remember watching it on the telly. Um, and it was a, a, a really, really good game from a Southampton perspective. One thing, and I, I, I don't think I've asked you about this, Tom. When you go to St. Mary's now, and do you join in in the singing of that song about that scoreline? Because I do think, come on, it was how many years ago now? Three, four years ago, like it's Pompey. They're in League One. Like, yeah, you battered them, but you don't have to keep singing about it. It's a bit OTT. I would agree with you in principle, but when someone starts a song and you know the words, you just join in. So I, I do agree with you that we shouldn't even really discuss them. We should have battered them 5 0. Uh, that's how poor they were. But at the same time, when, a, when you're into a song, just get into a song. It just makes you feel good. And that's sometimes what I like by going to watch Southampton is, is getting caught up in that number and just like, yeah, you know, you, so you just sing along. But I, I see yeah. your point. I see your point. It's like when Arsenal, you'd be like, we ate Tottenham, we ate Tottenham. It's like, yeah, we know. We know you ate them. Like you don't have to keep going on about it. What you're saying is we should be bringing out new songs every week. We should all be sent an email. If you've got a ticket for the game, these are the three songs. We've been working on this one. You could sing a little jingle, Steve. It would be beautiful. It'd be kind of like, guys. I'm not saying new songs all the time, but I think freshen it up a little bit. Because right. it's, it's also like, I know it's the last time that Southampton played Pompey. It's a big scoreline, but have a bit of decorum, maybe slightly. Don't look at me like that. 
<laughs> so look, it's like that's okay. It's like if Anthony Joshua yeah. was to go up against, I don't know, a flyweight yeah. and absolutely batter him. Do you think they'd be singing about that every week? No. To conclude, Steve, what I'm going to say to you is, yes, we don't need to sing about the time that we beat Pompey 4-0 in a cup. However, if you were there and if you were watching it, it brought a tear of joy to our faces as Southampton fans. And we just loved it on their own turf. Didn't even score past us. Mm. Brilliant day. I've probably not set myself up for receiving sympathy for, for my choice. Um, what, what was your based on what on the audience? So, so mine, the best away day. It's a slightly convoluted one. So I, you're not going to do when, it. You've on one podcast, you've announced that you're a Man United fan originally, and you're about to talk about how you're Scottish as well. Is this is this happening in the same episode, Steve? Yeah, um, it's just like it's Good getting the you. big plaster off, isn't it? Like people just need to know these things. Yeah. I can't keep hiding. <laughs> um, Right, so anyway, my favourite away day is Scotland versus England at Wembley 2013. It was such a good game. Now, I wasn't sat amongst my fellow countrymen in, in the Scotland section. I got a ticket given to me, and it was in the England, well, it was all England, so basically the rest of the stadium that wasn't Scotland, that's where I was sat. But seeing Scotland take the lead twice was sensational. I got dogs abuse because I'm not one of these people where I could just sit there and just be like, well done, well done, Scotland scoring, or not allude to it, not celebrate. Um, I was jumping up and down, chanting. I got threatened to be beaten up on several, several occasions. Um, but I loved it. And then Ricky Lambert popped up at the end. And uh, was it with his first touch, first uh, first, first touch oh. header to uh, to win the game three two. So I didn't leave as happy as I had been through large portions of the game. Um, but great atmosphere, um, such such a good game as a football as well. Um, and that that would be my choice um, for for an away day. I don't go to many away days, you know, Tom, because yeah. I work for, I work every weekend. Yeah. Well, technically, uh, technically you did at the start of this season, you went to Tottenham. So you have been on away day. And as we know, away days really do take it out of you for the next day. You know, it's it sore head. Oh, if you've had a I'll couple of one. tipples. Yeah. This is not an away day, but it's, it's in the same vein of form about you need the next day off. I once uh, and again, I seem to have really bad luck whenever I travel with football. Right. So I got a ticket to Man United against Sevilla in the champions league i think in 2019 and i went got a bus from london because i'm a man united fan of course i lived in london at the time and got got the bus up to manchester united got knocked out of the champions league that night had to get the bus back from manchester to victoria and i had work on the breakfast show of the station i worked for at the time at like 4 a.m and I got into Victoria at like quarter to two in the morning. So I trotted along, got an Uber, got to the office, slept on the floor of the studio for about an hour and 15 minutes. So he told me to get up and get out. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's like bitter oranges. Like I'm just thinking of Seville in my head. They're well known for those sweet, juicy oranges. But mate, you were dealt 
a hard and unfair blow there. Um, but you know what? I love your tenacity to keep going. And you know what? Maybe Man United just don't want you to go to any of their games anymore. Maybe that's what we've learned. <laughs> or Scotland as well. And when you feel like yeah. a fan, when you go to an away day and you start noticing that you haven't seen your team win when you've been there, I think just do everybody a favour. Just don't bother coming again. Thank you. <laughs> right, Tom. It is about that time where we start wrapping the podcast no. up. We want to get some fan comments no. and you know what we actually have one this week oh. so if if anyone does want to send in suggestions feedback criticism of the constructive variety or anything you can do it's we march on pod at gmail.com or you can tweet us or leave a comment on instagram at we march on pod we're on tiktok now as well tom mm. at we march on pod too and if people haven't watched the previous episode featuring our interview with Dean Hammond. That is up on YouTube as well for people to go and see. But we do have a fan comment. Miles Benson Green tweeted us to say, another great episode this week from We March On. If you love football, especially of the Southampton FC variety, then you've got to give it a listen, get involved and say you were there at the start. You'll kick yourself if you don't. Oh, that's what lovely. a lovely message. What a gorgeous... Miles Benson. The MBG, um, thank you so much for getting involved. That's uh, that's given us and me personally the strength to carry on um, yeah. with, with, with this uh, and to keep talking about the team that I love and that you love as well, uh, Steve. So um, thank you very much. And um, that's nice, isn't it? Is it yeah, really nice. Really nice. That's um, warmed my cockles, which is, again, not a phrase I use often. I wouldn't want to get my hands on them personally, Tom. Um, so what are we going to have? <laughs> I can't take you seriously when I say something and then you just go completely off mic and throw your head back <laughs> in a fit of laughter. It puts me off. I'm sorry, mate. As a comedian, I would expect you to be able to hold it a bit more. All right. I'll just give you serious face. No one can see that on this podcast, but I am just going to be giving Steve Forbes serious face. When he's telling me about the misery that he went through, not only to go and watch his team get knocked out of the Champions League, but also to see Ricky Lambert, the beetroot, uh, but I don't, he worked in a beetroot, beetroot? factory. He worked in a factory. Uh, I don't know why I've mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> Ricky Lambert, the beetroot. <laughs> <laughs> that is a nickname I've never heard. He worked in a beetroot factory, I believe. Because uh, I didn't know there I were that many that. factories. If we ever get Ricky on the pod, we have to include that in his quick fire Oi, questions. Ricky, your beetroot. Um, <laughs> he was making bare money off beetroots uh, back in the day. <laughs> What do they even do at a beetroot factory? I'm thinking just boiling them and chopping them or something. Like, what do you what would you even do? Because I know you pick beetroots; it's a root vegetable. Yeah, and he might be he might be packing them. He might be vacuum packing beetroots. Oi, Ricky! Ricky Lambert, the beetroot packer. You know what? With this, I didn't want to say Ricky Lambert, the beetroot packer, so I stopped myself (laughs) and I just called him Ricky Lambert, the beetroot factory worker, and it just didn't sound good. Anyway. You watched oh, the misery geez. of that moment when Ricky Lambert scored and I didn't want to laugh, so, but I did. And I would have stared you on, down and just been really mm. serious and you wouldn't have. I think people like to know that I'm rolling my head back laughing. It just gives it a, yeah. the podcast a nice little... Yeah, twang. but remember it's audio. So when you throw your head back and the laugh is inaudible, 
people just hear silence. <laughs> so I've said something that you find funny, <laughs> and then there is no sound. <laughs> all right. I right. Episode four of We March on Podcast. All right. I I swear now that I will laugh out loud more. Okay. You've probably been listening, oh. thinking, "Is Tom even laughing at these absolute zingers from Steve?" <laughs> yes, he is, but he's a silent laugher, which is no good for a podcast. We've learned something it really today. Isn't. <laughs> oh God, I'm sweaty again, Tom. So next week we will have <laughs> have a bit more chat about the result from this weekend <laughs> against Leicester away. Oh, this is ending terribly. No, terribly um, well. Thank you. And uh, we'll also have uh, some bits on Cambridge because that'll be on the Tuesday, all in preparation for the big one at St. Mary's against Manchester United. I think next week's episode might be slightly late in arrival. Maybe it'll be a Friday release because we're both very busy people, um, but that will be coming to you thick and fast, yeah. as they say. Tom, how is your week looking? What are you up to? Uh, it's looking delightful. Thank you for asking. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. Uh, it's the start of the Southampton women's team season. It kicks off against Charlton at St. Mary's. Uh, unfortunately, I can't make it anymore, uh, but I will be glued uh, to the Twitter um, to make sure that they get off to a brilliant start. Um, and of course, watching the game. Um, can't wait to to do this all again. And can I just point out, Steve, no one will be mm -hmm. listening to this bit. It's, you know, a podcast, people very rarely finish it. So actually, if you were saying this was a little bit unprofessional towards the end, I think it's the best bits. But yes. Uh, don't panic, Steve. We'll be back for more of this. I mean, the, the good thing is we do have to try and get the time down. So <laughs> anyway, uh, we've been waffling on far too long and we'll be back with another episode of We March On with Steve and Tom before you know it. So until then, play us out, Saints Brass. <laughs>